This week's Parsha, the Parsha of Miketz, begins with Paro's dreams. Paro has two dreams. First, he dreams about um, the seven fat cows and the seven uh, skinny cows and then the seven good uh, stalks of grain and the st- seven uh, you know, weak ones or bad ones. Um, and Yosef, who's imprisoned, is uh, taken out of prison and he's the one who deciphers Paro's dreams and he becomes the viceroy of Paro. Um, and the leader of uh, the vice of Mitzrayim, that is, um, and the story goes on with uh, with the the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine until the brothers come down and meet Yosef after having not been together for some uh, twenty two years, and that's the uh, the famous story, the narrative of the parsha. It's so interesting to note that the parsha, as I said, starts with the dreams, Paris two dreams, which is. In context, last week's Parsha started with Yosef's two dreams. Um, we discussed last Friday before Shabbos, um, Yosef's dreams. Yosef dreams, the first dream is about the um, the seven bundles of grain, of wheat, that, that the, uh, I'm sorry, the eleven, the eleven bundles of uh, grains that all of the tribes are making, and then they're bowing to Yosef's um, bundle of wheat, and then Yosef goes on to dream about the stars, the sun and the moon, all bowing to him. So, in last week's parsha, it starts with dreams, the dreams of Yosef. And in this week's parsha, again, with dreams, the dreams of Pare. And the idea here, a very beautiful, simple, and powerful one, is that really Pare's dreams are only a means to fulfilling Yosef's dreams. After all, the point of Yosef's two dreams in last week's Torah portion was that ultimately all of the tribes are going to bow to Yosef. Um, all, uh, and spiritually speaking, all the all the tribes are going to have to be recipients of Yosef because Yosef has a level of kedusha of holiness that they don't, and they have to receive from him. And that's the idea that they all bow to him. They all bow to him. They have this um, humility before him in order to be able to be recipients from him. So Yosef, who's obviously a tremendous tzaddik, and the shvatim, the tribes at tzaddikim, have this uh, this plan is revealed. Hashem reveals his plan. How ultimately all the Shvatim have to receive the recipients from Yosef. But how is that going to be played out? It's going to be played out through a paro. Paro who represents um, wickedness and the the antithesis to holiness. The king of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was an immoral, decadent land. And Paro is their king. So he's going to have dreams too. And his dreams are going to describe years of plenty and then years of famine and years of hunger. And those dreams are going to become the vehicle through which the dream for Yosef and the Shvatim are going to be played out, which is exactly what happens. Because, first of all, Pari doesn't know how to decipher the dreams, and it's Yosef who deciphers them, and therefore Yosef is made the viceroy. And then because of the years of hunger, that's what forces the tribes down, the Shvatim down to Mitzrayim, and then they bow to Yosef, so that the, the whole episode plays itself out through Pari's dreams. The message here is a powerful one. And that is, many times there's a lot going on in the world around us. A lot of things that seem not holy at all and impure. And many times there are challenges to holiness and to purity and to terror and to mitzvahs. What the sequence of these parshias, and especially the dreams of the parshias, are telling us is that everything that happens in the world around us is there to play out a dream, to play out a mission, to play out a plan. The mission and the plan starts in Kedusha, starts in holiness. The mission and the plan starts with Hashem, 
and starts with his tzaddikim, those who represent Hashem in this world. And in order for that mission to be fulfilled, so a lot of things happen in the world around us, a lot of things that don't directly seem connected to Kedusha at all, in order to fulfill the mission, the plan, and the dream that has to happen because Hashem said so, Hashem willed it to be so, and that's the plan of creation. This is very connected with the story of Hanukkah as well. Um, the story of Hanukkah is really the mitzvah of Hanukkah, is the menorah that we all light in our homes. But initially, the menorah was only lit in the Beis Hamikdash. There was one menorah in the Beis Hamikdash, and that was a tremendously powerful and holy menorah, and that was lit by the Kohen Gadol in the Beis Hamikdash. How is it that from that menorah that was in the holiest place in the world in the Beis Hamikdash, now we have menorahs on every doorfront, on every window? Uh, throughout the world, in every corner of the earth, there's menorahs that are shining, that bring brightness, that bring holiness, that bring light and warmth to the world at large. What brought the menorah from the Beis Hamikdash to the entire world? And the answer is, the harsh decrees and war of the time of the Hashemunayim, the Hanukkah story. When you have Antiochus and the, the Greeks and the Syrian, Assyrians, and they... Um, they uh, make decrees against the Jewish people and they fight battles against the Jewish people and it's a very, very difficult time in our history. And the Jewish people stand up, Matis, uh, headed by Matisio and his sons, the Hashmanoim, and they fight for their freedom, they fight for their religious freedom, they fight for Torah, for mitzvahs, for Yiddishkeit, and they're able to miraculously overthrow this tremendous Greek army. And a result of that story is that we light the Hanukkah menorah in every home. So here we have again how a mission is played out in a very interesting and unusual way. Initially, there's only light from the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. And then that light is attacked. It's attacked by the Greeks. It's attacked by an empire. It's attacked by a power, a great power that seems to be greater than the power of Kedusha, the power of the Jewish people at the time. But that turns around only to be playing out a mission. To take the menorah out of the Beis HaMikdash, it shouldn't only be in the Beis HaMikdash, but it should be brought to every home in every corner of the earth. <clears throat> and the very same is true for each and every one of us with the challenges that every person individually faces. We have to know and always remember that yes, there's going to be challenges, yes, there's going to be difficulties, but any challenge or difficulty that comes in our way, wherever it might be coming from, is only there to play out a mission to help bring a mission and a dream to fruition and to reality. We have the ability within us to overcome whatever challenge comes in our way because those challenges are put there by Hashem Himself and they're there in order to bring us to a greater place, to a higher place and to a better place. Not just that the challenge will be removed, but that the challenge will be transformed. And instead of being something that seems to be um, a message of darkness, it's something actually only to increase our own inner light, the light of our neshama, the light that we have through Torah, through mitzvahs, to bring light to ourselves and to the world around us. A good Shabbos and a Freilich and Chanukah.